Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm down on my knees in the dust. I scream from the top of my lungs. I found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive. Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Hello and welcome to Higher Ground on Wednesday the 15th of September with me, Chris Warren. This is your Late Night League Lounge. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. Yes, indeed. Well, the poor old Roosters, uh, their season keeps ticking away, but they've had no luck at all, have they? Uh, They've been, as we know, without the likes of a number of injured stars, Brett Morris, Lindsay Collins, Luke Keary, uh, Boyd Courtner, Jake Friend. Uh, also without Joey Manu recently, that cheekbone uh, fracture. Joseph Suwali, foot injury. Billy Smith, foot injury. Um, they'll be without Siwa Taukiaho on Friday against Manly as well. Maybe uh, next week. Now, um, as a result of the NRL judiciary, they will also be without their first choice hooker, Sam Verrills. So he cops a two-week ban at the judiciary for a grade two careless high tackle on Gold Coast centre Brian Kelly. You've probably already heard calls from Vossi and others to blow up the bunker, blow up the match review system and start all over again. And I tell you what, I think we're near that point as well. Verrills' two-game ban has been dubbed disgraceful, uh, ridiculous and out of touch with the game. We'll chat more about the Verrills' decision, and you can have your say as well over the next uh, couple of hours. Roosters fans, look, I know it's getting late, and uh, I know you're probably filthy with the decision, but please uh, do mind your P's and Q's if you do choose to pick up the phone and call in at one 1170 Feel free, one 1170 There is space on the open line now. Um, the Roosters will now be one... Uh, I guess they'll do one of two things. They will bring Ben Marshke into hooker, and I think probably that's what they will do. That's almost like for like. Or maybe uh, Robbo might bring in Sam Walker back into the halves to start the match alongside uh, Drew Hutchinson, uh, use Lockie Lamb at dummy half. Um, and that way, perhaps he may choose to carry four forwards on the bench against Manly. Uh, time will tell. But back to the Verrills decision now for a moment. And uh, what I think exacerbates this um, the whole matter is this. People are comparing Junior Paulo's shoulder charge or high tackle on Knights player Kurt Mann. Now, to me, it looked worse than the Verrills incident. I've got to say, I've, lo- I've looked at these two tackles time and time again, and nothing changes my opinion. Paulo's looks worse, yet Paulo escapes with just a fine. Slap on the wrist, he's free to play this weekend. 
Both were very similar tackles, in my opinion. Shoulder contact with the head. Both incidents had another player involved in the tackle. Sean Lane made first contact on man, altering the target zone before Paulo made contact with the head. The same with Verrills. Uh, Satili Tupanua made first contact on Kelly, um, altering the hit zone slightly for Verrills. So what I don't get, and look, if you know the answer, please help me. Send me a text, 0457 736 736, or again, jump on the open line. Help me out here. How does Verrills get a grade two careless high tackle and Junior Paulo get a grade one careless high tackle? I'm sure Verrills' defence counsel would have been very confident of getting the downgrade to a grade one. Like me thinking Paulo's look very similar, if not worse, but here we are now. Well, here I am at least, still scratching my head for the answer. And I agree with what Vossi had to say this morning. Uh, If it was a grade two offence, then why didn't the bunker tell the referee that Verrills should be sent off or sent sent to the bin at least? I'd love a, a dollar for the number of incidents this year where there has been inconsistency in charges laid and also inconsistency in the penalties that have been dished out. Um, You might have your view on that. Get in touch with me uh, if you can. Uh, We'll talk all about that. I will be talking to Greg McCallum as well, uh, former head of the NRL Match Review Committee. He joined us on uh, Monday. He's going to join us again because I I, I want some answers and uh, we'll listen to the opinions of Vossi and, and Phil Gould. Um, as well. We're also going to chat to uh, Silky. He's uh, he's one half. He likes to think he's the better half too of uh, Silky and Bush of Roosters Radio. You've got to take your hats off to, to the Roosters, haven't you? Even South Sydney fans would surely acknowledge and recognise um, it has been a mighty valiant season by the Chooks so far. It may come to an end at the hand of, hands of Manly on Friday. But that is no lay down Mazair. That, I reckon, will be an enormous battle between the Roosters, who just refuse to give in, and Manly on Friday. And then the Battle of the West. Penrith up against Parramatta. There should be two blockbuster finals coming up this weekend. We're going to talk about them and a whole lot more over the next couple of hours here on Higher Ground. Yes, indeed. Great to have your company. And, uh, well, you are up late, aren't you? I hope you've had an enjoyable um, Wednesday. And uh, thanks for for tuning in. We're here for the next couple of hours, and we always enjoy you joining us. So uh, feel free to be part of the program. 1300 011170. Or if you'd like to send a text, 0457 736 736. Look, we're all very quick to point the finger at the match review committee and the bunker and referees and the NRL and the ARL and. Everyone. But I guess um, there's no use pointing the finger unless you've got a solution. And uh, you and me, we might have some thoughts, but whether they're a solution and whether they're viable, uh, I don't know. A little bit later on um, this hour, probably about 20 minutes or so, I'm going to try and have a chat to Greg McCallum. He said, um, I sent him a text earlier, he said, um, I said to him, look, I'm still scratching my head, Greg. If if it's a bit late for you to come on, don't worry about it, but... I just cannot, for the life of me, understand how Paulo gets to play and Verrills does not. And as I just said there, I, I, I thought Paulo's was worse. So, And I don't think I'm the only one who, who's thinking about that. Um, Vossi's blowing up big time. 
He's going a bit further than me. I mean, he's saying put a bomb under the joint. I think it's a bit drastic. Uh, Mad Russian's with me as, as normal on a, uh, a Wednesday night. But this, uh, we've had plenty of incidents uh, over the course of the season that have gained a fair bit of traction around bunker and judiciary match review. I reckon this one takes the cake, doesn't it? Because of the situation and because it's finals and because it's the Roosters. I think all those things play into it. I think the Latrell Mitchell incident a few weeks ago was the only bigger oh, well, yeah. judiciary oh, yeah. story I think we've had all year. I think this is the next biggest and because of the time of the year. and So we, many of them have we, involved the Roosters. I couldn't agree more with that, but we've all seen this coming. This has all been coming all year. What's going to happen? There's going to be a soft incident and it's going to get taken to the judiciary yep. and someone's going to miss two weeks of finals for a tackle that most fans and most ex-players don't think is worth one. Yeah. So there's an issue there that we've seen coming all year and now the, well, we've reaped what, well, we've the sold. NRL has reaped what they what yeah, they've sown. Yeah, you're mixing your oh your um, similes up or, or metaphors and I tell you what, talking of which, <laughs> in, a, in a moment, stick around, ladies and gentlemen. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to play something that I, I, I saw tonight on NRL 360. It involves Jeff Tuvey, and he also mixed his metaphors and his sayings and cliches and similes up, and it was quite uh, quite hilarious, actually. So I'll play that for you uh, shortly when we lighten the mood a little bit here because let's, let's be honest, it, it is your late-night league lounge. Yes. We don't like to get too serious, all right, um, but we can't duck these serious issues. So I'm going to talk to Greg McCallum uh, shortly. Tune in for that. I want to get his opinion. And mm. um, I see here, see Mad Russian, he's my, my, my executive producer. Is that what you're called? I, I do not have the executive in front of anything. Oh, but you're on that. You're on the pay, same pay scale as the execs, the big no. dogs, those fellas out there, all those suits walking around. Have a look at them. <laughs> look at them out there now. Have a look at them. Pretending to Flight. be busy. I know, I oh know. They're putting in the hours, aren't they? Look at them. <laughs> Writing scripts for tomorrow. <laughs> the Vossi show tomorrow morning. Uh, doing well there. Matty White's crew out in the back corner there. Where's our team? Because we're on tomorrow night again, we're aren't we? Oh, this is it? Yeah, this is our team. You and me. <laughs> Two men. That's team. all we need. No, yeah, less right. is more. Less is more. Too oh, many cooks. That's very good. Too many cooks. All those sayings. Mm-hmm. Why don't we throw that yeah, out there? What is some yeah, cliches? Sayings. Cliches, because... Um, uh, Jeff Tuvey, he's got a couple, and uh, we're going to hear from him in a moment. I'm getting to that, um, but I, I do want to talk to, as I say, Greg McCallum about this whole Sam Verrill's issue. Benny Elias, he was on NRL 360 tonight. He was part of the conversation that involved um, Jeff Tuvey, but that's a bit later on. Initially, though, he had his own thoughts on on the uh, Verrill's suspension. Verrill's won't play again unless the Roosters make this year's grand final. Because they're three players, ex-football players, who understand that this kid did not go out to maim this player. No, and it didn't. was an accident. How many times have we played being an ex-player that you've slipped or you've jolted and you hit the bloke on the nose, on the knocker, by sheer accident? To penalise him for two games is an absolute injustice well, for this kid. Well, so there's Benny Elias on NRL 360. Um, the other voice you heard there was uh, was Paul Kent, uh, and good show. Always worth worth tuning into. You keep your finger on the pulse of 
the big issues. Well, the reason they I don't always agree with them, but yeah, yeah. The reason I cut that up tonight is because that that's a point you've been making all year about contact that is, as you say, incidental. That is, yep. Beryl's standing up in a almost unavoidable. Yeah, and to get two weeks for that is just. I do like the way they've softened their stance, though, because immediately after Magic Round, we, oh, it was comical. Mm. It was just hilarious. Well, not hilarious. It was it was just laugh, laughable that players were being sent off for things that, you know, were out of their control mm. because there was, in black and white, a very rigid ruling. If it is direct and forceful contact to the head of an opponent, you have no option but to either but sin bin or send the player off mm. nowhere else to go so we saw a number of incidents where a defender would make direct mm. and yeah i guess forceful contact to the head of an opponent but it was all in the act of battle you know mm. one of those things that you get from time to time in the world's most uh intense contact sport mm. That's part of the product. That is part of the appeal. So don't take that out of the game. So I do like and I do applaud the NRL for uh, moderating their stance, finding some middle ground. So now we are having direct and forceful contact, but if it is deemed to be unavoidable, i.e. in the act of battle, it was just unavoidable, right? Mm. A player fell in, it was split second, the target moved slightly. Mm. They're not pointing to the sin bin or the send-off as often. Mm. So they have made ground in that respect. But I, I just still I still can't get my head around how Verils can be charged on a higher scale than Paulo. Mm. When I, I will say a hundred times over, Paulo's was worse. Mm. Uh, maybe Paulo shouldn't be playing either. Maybe they both should be rubbed out. But there's that inconsistency. If you've got your thoughts on it, feel free to jump on the open line. There is some space there. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Uh, you were muddling your metaphors earlier, weren't you? You were sort of going, I don't know what you were, what you were trying to say. I was trying to say you reap what you sow. I was saying about we're, we're, to, yeah. we're beginning to reap what we've sown in yeah. the NRL. Yes, exactly. Um, well, Jeff Tuvey, uh, and we know that, um, well, that's ridiculous, an investigation uh, we've we've had this from Tuvi before. There's got to be an investigation into this. That, and that was on NRL 360, I think, um, quite a few years ago. I think um, that was a that was a post game press conference. Oh, that it was. There's got to be an investigation yes, into yes, this. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. He was on there tonight, NRL 360. So the topic he and Benny Elias were debating. So one was for, one was for against, and this was about the NRL. Um, Moving its stance or changing its stance, read the conflict between the AFL Grand Final time slot and the Melbourne Storm prelim final next weekend. So as it turned out, the NRL saw you know, uh, the light of day and um, they decided to move the time slot so the Melbourne Storm could play before the AFL Grand Final. So, But it created all sorts of dramas, didn't it? Absolutely. Particularly On with this Mr. Station. Mr. Whaley. Yeah. Um, Blowing up deluxe, they were the AFL. My goodness, and everything like it. Anyway, um, uh, common sense has, has prevailed, and NRL has moved the time slot. Good as gone. Anyway, what this chat now was about, it was Tuvi 
he was, I believe, um, against the NRL for, for shifting in the sand, right? He believes they should have stood up, whereas mm. Benny uh, spoke about, no, no, it was, the, it was the right decision. We don't hear from Benny. But Tooves, in his summation, um, I guess he mixes his metaphors. Here we go again, caving in to the AFL, caving in. Caving in. We want to be the dominant code. We want to make the fans aside. Make, put, put your cards on the table. Make it up, okay? You either put your hat in the ring, put your keys in the bowl, make a decision. <laughs> keys in the bowl? <laughs> That's a different card. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. In the bowl. I got confused. <laughs> That's a beauty. That's a beauty. I know. I know. Our live, uh, our live uh, studio audience tonight. They like. I know. It was good. Um, so there you are. So we had three, uh, three little um, um, cliches or metaphors there. Put your cards on the table. Put your hat. Uh, throw your hats in the ring. Put your keys in the bowl. So. <laughs> I look, I've never been to a swingers party. Um, I, I dare, you haven't either, no. I don't suppose, no. at your age. It's more, well, it's not even my age. This is probably more my parents' age group. But I believe the rules are when you go to a swingers party, you basically put your car keys in the, in the fruit bowl. And uh, whichever other car keys or set you pull out, well, down there and turn left. Or whatever it might be. I think they're the rules. If you're listening at home, oh, come on. Is Toolman still awake? These fellas or Reptile might know. Or Bondi Jack might even know. <laughs> Bondi Jack will know because he's probably a bit more of that era. Um, what were the rules around swingers parties? I think it was I think it was sort of keys in the bowl. <laughs> you got no uh, idea? I, I don't know. Tooves is up to date. Well, they used to have those parties, didn't they? Um <laughs> Tex is on the line. I'll have it. I'll get his text. Thank you, Tex. I'll read your text in a minute. Um, I wish Tex would change his name because Tex sending text is a bit too much It's tease. a tongue twister. It is a tongue twister. Um, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Well, yeah, there used to be parties, didn't there? Like um, and probably before your time, nuts and bolts parties. No? No, that's straight over my – keys in the bowls, I understood the reference. Right. So nuts and bolts, again, there'd be a bowl, I believe – with different sort of coloured coated screws and nuts, or right. bolts and nuts. One nut would fit a bolt, one wouldn't, and you pick them up. And if your nut fits that bolt, well, same idea again. Same idea, I think, down the corridor and to the left. I think I don't know. I've never been to one of these. I have lived a pretty sheltered life. I have too, boys. Yeah, I think we both have. Did you go to Catholic boys' school? No, no. <laughs> I did. I was I was a good boy, and I'm I'm, I'm a good man too. I've grown up. I, I don't really step out of line too often, mm-hmm. but I do. I have lived a sheltered life. You might call me boring, um, but no regrets. I call you that. No. So Tooves. Uh, Tooves has obviously probably lived uh, more of a colourful life than you and I. Yeah. So I had one for you today as well, or I picked up this morning. Oh, so you did. Was, this was from social media. I don't. Know, I think you got it there. But um, yes. uh, an injury from a different sport, Tim Payne coming, he's gone into surgery. Yes, he's I haven't heard this, but I've heard about it. Got a bit of a neck injury. Yes. Um, so ABC's Tony Armstrong was trying to describe that to listeners this morning. And it went wrong? Well, have a listen. 
Australian skipper Tim Payne is set to undergo neck surgery, but medical staff remain confident that the veteran will be fit for the Ashes. Payne has a bulging dick that has been disc that has been that's a funny one has been causing him pain. I'm going to throw to you very quickly, Michael. Bulging what? Disc. Disc. I said disc. That's what, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> Thank you. Tony. I'm just going to drink water. Hey, over to you. Why me? Why me? Don't don't bring me into this. Uh, it's my mic working. I hope not. Uh, morning, team. Yeah. <laughs> they like that too. They like that. I know. This uh, this crew. They've got a sense of humour, this live studio audience tonight. Oh, Tony, uh, yeah, I know. You just wanted to sink in the, in your chair. Uh, bulging discs, it can come uh, off wrong. That's really tough. That's um, It's asking for a mistake. However, yeah. however, and, and I look, I empathise with you, Tony Armstrong. ABC, was it? Yeah, ABC. Um I Australian skipper Tim Payne is set yeah. to undergo neck surgery, but medical staff remain confident that the veteran yeah. will be fit for the Ashes. Good. Payne Good. has a bulging dick that has been dished. <laughs> I, um, as I say, empathise with Tony Armstrong of mm. the ABC. Have you ever had a slip up like that? Oh, plenty. Yeah, plenty. plenty, plenty. And I have, I have, I have been on live TV as a newsreader, a sports newsreader for many, many many years here and in, in England as well for about a decade live TV. Look, you cannot, you cannot read your scripts too many times, ever, ever. Read them and read them and read them and read them again. Mm. Now, sometimes with breaking news, you won't get a chance to read your scripts. You will just be throwing straight to the auto queue and mm. you have not read it. Mm. It'll be a first read. Good luck. So when those things happen... Not much you can do. Mm. You might, if you've got a good producer in your ear or good director, you might hear something like, Chris, tricky word coming up. Be careful. Chris, tricky word coming up. Okay? And mm. As I'm reading it. But you've got to have a good director or producer. Right. They're not around very often these <sighs> days. Apart from yourself, I mean, <sighs> clearly. But, you know, I'm talking in TV. Too kind. Well, no, they've all cut back, haven't they? Yeah. They've all I'm cut expecting. back. Um. But live TV, yeah. Mm. So uh, any budding newsreaders out there uh, or sports presenters, um, preparation, read your preparation, yeah. read your bloody scripts. And um, and even producers as well. Like, mm. so I've worked with a few young young producers mm. coming through and they're all really, really good. Like, mm. so much energy and enthusiasm and you'd love to bottle that. Mm. Some too enthusiastic. Mm. Um but even like with with calling games at, at various stations or wherever mm. you might do it or on TV, the bible for a commentator is that that team sheet. Yeah, you got to get it right. Mm. You know, like um, you get a number wrong or whatever. Mm. Normally, I'm not calling off numbers at all. I'll mm. know the player you, or well, his mannerisms or whatever. Yeah. But and it's happened a few times, and where Billy Bloggs has got sixteen and. Gary Jack's got 18 mm. and they're around the wrong way. And so I've, my advice is always just check and check and triple check and triple check again mm. that you have got all the names right, all the numbers right. Mm. Simple stuff. Mm. Boring stuff. But um, And to be fair, most young producers, well, yeah, mate, thanks for all that advice. And they make a few mistakes oh. and then bang, no, no, never happens again. Yeah. But yeah, there we go. Long, long winded, I know. But um I mean, poor old Tony. Australian Armstrong. skipper Tim Payne How, is, is Tony, set is to Tony undergo neck surgery, but no, no, medical no. staff remain confident that the veteran will be fit for the ashes. Payne has a bulging dick that has been disc that yeah. has been. Okay. That's a funny. One.
Yeah, okay. Okay, Tony, thank you. Thank you. We'll leave that there. You are listening to Higher Ground. It is Higher Ground and uh, otherwise known as uh, your late-night league lounge. So come on up, come on up, sit in, relax. Uh, there's a couple of seats here in the live studio uh, audience. They are a rowdy bunch up the back there, but don't worry about them. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll behave themselves. Uh, yeah, I know they love getting a mention too. Love getting a mention. They get free entry. Um, there's tea and coffee facilities available too. Look, if you can't make it in here uh, via COVID, due to COVID, um, you can still be part of the show. You can still join us. Um, jump on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I'm going to talk to Greg McCallum very shortly. We'll get him up on, on the line um, about this Sam Verrill's case um, and the inconsistencies that so many people uh, believe they are seeing. We've heard from Vossi, we've heard from Benny Elias, we've heard from a load of journos. Um, I see Gus Gould has his opinions too uh, on the on the judiciary and, and the current state of affairs. So looking forward to having a, a quick chat to uh, Greg and he's staying up quite late to, have, to do that with us as well. Before we go to uh, Mr McCallum, uh, Tex has fired up on the... Uh, on the text line, uh, we were talking uh, earlier. I don't know if you heard the uh, the snippet. Uh, Jeff Turvey, Jeff Turvey on 360 tonight. Shall we listen to it again, Turves? Let's just play this again for you. He sort of mixed his metaphors up a, a little bit uh, with Paul Kent and uh, Vonnie uh, Sampson there. Uh, Turves, one of the uh, suggestions he has sort of reminds me of, of uh, Swingers days. Here we go again, caving in to the AFL, caving in. Caving in. We want to be the dominant code. We want to make the fans aside. Make, put, put your cards on the table. Make it up, OK? You either put your hat in the ring, put your keys in the bowl, make a decision. <laughs> keys in the bowl. <laughs> That's a different guy. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. In the bowl. I got confused. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yes, Yvonne Samson. She's got uh, a contagious laugh, hasn't mm. she? A real belly laugh. So Tubes that was suggesting they all put the keys in the bowl, which, yeah, as I said before, I think that's that's what they do at swingers parties, I'm pretty sure. I've never been to one, but I think that's what they... Anyway, Text has sent us a line in. He says that he has frequented a couple of uh, key bowls uh, in his time, Chris. So thank you for that text. He also... Um, says here, Christopher, he calls me Christopher, Tex, which is fine. Mm. That's what's on my passport um, and driver's license, birth certificate. Anyway, he says, need to get rid of six agains. That's where most of the issue with the head highs stems from. And that's probably a valid point too. The game mm. is played at a breakneck, well, pardon the pun, but with speed these mm. days as well. Um, and defensive lines not having the time to really yeah. get as set as they used to. So maybe that is a contributing factor. And we had that slip-up from um, ABC uh, News uh, newsreader, Tony Armstrong, today um, talking about bulging discs and obviously went wrong there. Uh, best slip-up I've heard, this is again from Tex, Chris, was uh, ABC as well. Radio presenter talking about tennis player Henri Leconte <laughs> and obviously can't hear the slip-up. Uh, we can't air the slip-up, rather, but you sort of get my drift. Henri Leconte, yes. And um, one close to my heart, too, or my bloodline, um, um, a well-known voice of rugby league, uh, had some troubles, I believe, with Carmichael Hunt uh, in commentary <laughs> once upon right? a time. We might try and dig that out. I can try and find that, absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, that's the light-hearted uh, Department, uh, part of the show. Um, 
Now it's time for this. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Order! 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 Well, yeah, we need some answers. We need some truths. And uh, one man to do that is the judge. He joins us pretty much every Monday. And I've got him back on the on the show tonight uh, because I'm still scratching my head. I know there are a number of other people in the media scratching their head, um, not to mention the fans are scratching their heads collectively as well. Um, Sam Verrills was uh, rubbed out last night at the judiciary. He went there to plead his case to try and have his... Um, grade two careless high tackle downgraded, which would then enable him to play this weekend in a sudden death final against Manly on Friday night. As a result, um, it was upheld and uh, he will not play for two weeks. So the Roosters will have to make it to the grand final if Verrills is to play again this year. I think why so many of us um, can't quite understand um, the severity of the sanction for Verrills when you compare it to what Junior Paulo did, and for me, watching both games quite closely, I thought Paulo's may even be more severe than Verrill's. I must be wrong. I saw uh, my colleague on SEN, uh, Andrew Voss. Vossi is saying the whole joint needs a bomb put underneath it. The bunker, the match review, blow it all up and start again. And there's been quite a few other journos out there um, showing equal vitriol, if that is the right word. Greg McCallum joins us on the line. Greg, thanks for joining us, mate. How are you? So I'm shaking and scratching my head as well. You know, it uh, was it was a strange outcome, I thought, for something that um, Verrills, I thought, had a really good chance of getting it downgraded. Why? I mean... Um how did how did it happen? And and you can understand, Greg, can't you? Um, the, the the backlash from fans over this, Roosters fans particularly. Yeah, I, I do. I understand, um, and also understand the processes and what they would have gone through. Um, the situation, as I see it, is that the injury um, that the player received would have taken um, a fair bite of that uh, suspension. Uh, that was handed down because under the code you can't charge a player just because of an injury but once you've leveled a charge then the injury can be taken into account there's no doubt that the injury was taken into account to elevate it from a grade one uh, which i thought was a reasonable outcome to a grade two which i think was unreasonable mm. uh, and that's where i think it, it sat and the the prosecutor would have kept driving that through uh, in the hearing, that the injury would have played a major part in the outcome. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. But but even still, it's being graded a grade two. Junior Paulo's uh, shoulder charge or, or high tackle on uh, Newcastle's Kurt Mann, that was graded a grade one. So Junior escapes with, a I think, a $1,600 fine. But more importantly, he's able to play this weekend um, against Penrith, and and I'll say it again. I thought that of the two um, looked worse, but Paulo is free, and um, and Verrills is not. Vossi um, uh, said a few things this morning. In fact, why don't we play what he said? Uh, l- listen to this. In the fair income department, you're telling me that what Sam Verrills did was worse than what Junior Paulo did. You are dead set cracking 
jokes. I look at the two tackles and I watched them again this morning before the program and I just shake my head. And the fact that Sam Verrills is getting two games, I shake my head again. I, I am totally against this. In fact, I've, I've lost it. I mean, can we just get through to the end of the season and then blow the thing up? Um, the whole bunker, referee, uh, match review committee, judiciary process, it all needs to be looked at again. Talking to former head of the NRL Match Review Committee, Greg McCallum, former first grade referee as well. And uh, if you uh, listen or regular listener to this show, you will know Greg very well. He's on here most weeks. There it is, Vossi. I hadn't heard that, actually, because I wasn't listening this morning. I was, uh, I was having a bit of a sleep in. But I can understand it. And I've looked at both incidents very, very closely with a, with a fine-tooth comb as well. Both very similar. Um, both there was another player who made first contact, which pretty much moved the target slightly or the, the target zone. But, and Vossi made another point, which we didn't hear there. If it was a grade two on Sam Verrill's, well, why on earth didn't he get sin-binned? I thought under the mandate it was if direct and forceful contact to the head, you get sent off or, or sin-binned. Yeah, well, that's you know, part of the issue. Firstly, I, I totally agree with what you have said and what um, Vossi said about the comparing the two tackles. Um, you know, Junior Paulo's had a high degree of force in it and it, it was more dangerous um, tackle and what Verrill's performed. Um, the issue with all of this is that on one weekend in consecutive games, we have the similar incident. And there's no hiding from that. There's no hiding from the outcome and comparing the charges because people could see mm. that Paulo's tackle was um, a higher degree um, of contact and a more dangerous tackle. And to compare the two leaves everyone um, gasping, really, as to how that could occur. And, look, I, I've been down this road many, many times in, in my period on the Match Review Committee, um, and, and I just don't understand how the two tackles have been graded so differently. Okay, what are the solutions? I, I don't want to just bring, bring, you know, be whinging all the time, whinging and moaning, but I'm sort of reflecting a lot of what the public are feeling and we've spoken about this at length before. So, what are the what are the solutions? What would your what would your recommendations be if you had the ear of Peter Volandis or or Graham Annesley right now? What would be one or two recommendations you think should be brought in for next season to make make improvements? I think, Chris, that you need to look at the makeup of the match review. Um, committee. Not, I'm not talking people, personalities, I'm talking structure. Um, when I came into it, there was a coach, was Peter Louie, an ex-player, Mark Harris, and myself, a, a referee administrator. It, it gave a good balance into understanding what was going on. It's very difficult when you've got three ex-players because ex-players have a, a certain understanding, a, a perception of how the game's being played. And I just wonder whether there's the challenging discussions that go on um, when you're trying to apply a code to it. That would be uh, my first situation. The second situation, I think there needs to be a greater explanation uh, to the public as to how these decisions are arrived at, not just the judiciary outcomes, but the charges. And I just don't think it's been allowed to get out there. And people... And Peter Volandis would understand that the more knowledge people have, 
um, the better understanding they'll have of the outcome of these situations. And I just felt this incident has really brought it to a head. Um, step aside from the fact that the semi-finals and the, the big games and everything else, but to see two tackles that I think are quite different um, in their execution, but coming up with a wildly <laughs> in in um, inaccurate, in my view, charging, has made it really difficult for people to have confidence. And as we've always said, it's all about confidence, Chris. People need to have an expectation of outcome, consistency, um, to be able to, to accept the decisions that are made. And it's fluctuated a lot in recent times. All right, mate. And finally then, um, what about advice re the bunker? You, you've had some thoughts there throughout the year as well. I strongly... The referee aspect should be separate to the judiciary aspect. There's no doubt this year the judiciary aspect has played a greater part in the decision-making of the bunker. And you need to have um, people involved in that that are strongly coming from the judiciary side of aspects so they can make decisions, such as the one you raised earlier. If the policy was that if it was likely to be a grade two charge, then the player should have ended up in the bin. There's no doubt about that. But he didn't because I don't think anyone involved in that decision-making thought it would have got to that, that it was going to end up as a, as a grade two charge resulting in a two-match suspension. But some people people wouldn't have thought that, but it did. Yeah. And that's where you need to make it a little bit clearer than what it is. I um, I see Gus Gould has had his thoughts today and his say on the judiciary. Have you got a, got a minute? Do you want me to play this? I don't know if you've got to get to bed or whatever, but I'll... I'll play this now. No, if you, no, okay. I'm fine. Okay. All good. Listen, let's listen to what Gus had to say. You know, I don't know how we're going to fix this process, but we're suspending players way too easily. I think the process is wrong down there. I don't like the idea of, of having an NRL prosecutor. I don't like the, the fact that it's such a, a, a court setting in this regard and we have a prosecutor there trying to defend a decision by the Match Review Committee to charge him the, the NRL prosecutor, in his words to the judiciary, says that there was moderate force, moderate force in the tackle, while that was chiefly generated by the man with the ball, Kelly, running at speed. He argues Verrill should have taken that into account as per his duty of care. Now, I'd like him to go and demonstrate that. I'd like him to go and demonstrate what he would have done differently or should have done differently and if he's talking about moderate force, and it mainly instigated by the man with the ball, then why the hell is Verrill's down there anyway? Well, there he is, Phil Gould. Um, and uh, whether you like Gus or you don't like Gus, um, I love Gus, but you, you, I always listen, always listen to what he's got to say. Um, initial thoughts on what, what Phil's talking about there? Uh, fair, fair comment, mm. uh, fair comment. And, and I think that's um, part of the problem that we have. There's this, this sort of feeling that we're looking at the outcome of the tackle, um, and this is where I think Verrills has been caught, you know, looking at the outcome of the tackle rather than concentrating on the mechanics. Um, in my view, he didn't lead with his shoulder. He was upright. Mm. He hadn't turned his side side on. And the fact, what Gus was saying is true. The, the um, force in the tackle came from the player in position. Mm. And uh, uh, he had no chance of adjusting his position um, for what would have been an upright tackle. And then that's part of the issue that, you know, we've got to get right when you're going to level a charge. 
All right, Greg, it's getting late, mate. I, again, thanks for, for uh, staying up to have a chat to us on Higher Ground. We'll, we'll no doubt chat again next week, um, and I hope for the next uh, two or three weeks at least we're, we're not talking about charges and judiciary and sentences, but more about uh, wonderful finals football. Thanks for your company. No worries at all, Chris. Thanks for that. There is Greg McCallum, former first-grade referee, former head of the uh, Match Review Committee, and these days Mr McCallum is a... Um, a marriage, a um, marriage celebrant. Celebrant. I, I always lose that word. <laughs> <laughs> marriage celebrant. So if you think you're getting married, uh, Google Greg McCallum marriage celebrant. You're listening to Higher Ground. And I hope you are uh, well. I hope you've had an enjoyable day and uh, settling into your uh, your late night league lounge. If you're up this late, you may well be a shift worker. Um, whatever. Great to have your company. Uh, we do still have the phones here and uh, we are manning the phones right up until midnight. So if you feel like having a chat, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy can be about anything, uh, anything at all, uh, loosely related to rugby league or sport. Uh, doesn't have to be. Look, I'm I'm here. I can be a be a marriage counsellor. I can be, uh, well, whatever. Don't ask me to be a financial advisor, but I'll give you uh, I'll give you my thoughts. We can have a chat about anything. I think what you probably would like to talk about, if you um, if you're serious about this, Roosters fans, is is the whole Sam Verrill's uh, case. I agree with Vossi and quite a few other people. I think it's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, that he will be rubbed out of a sudden-death semi-final for that incident. I really do, when you compare it to uh, to the likes of Junior Paulo. Anyway, I've had my, my say on all of that. Uh, you know how I feel. Um, and Greg McCallum, good to talk to him just before that break. he's um, He's been up late too, so um, I reckon he's probably just had his, uh, what do you have, a little uh, Horlicks and milk and... Horlix, yeah, Horlix. Over your top again. Well. See, yeah. this is the problem. See, the age disparity between me and you. Um, uh, all these these things you just don't know what I'm talking about. Horlix, yeah. I mean, yeah, puts you off to sleep. It's quite legal. It's just mm. like white, creamy sort of like instant. Bailey's. No, 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 no. It's more of vanilla, vanilla-y type. Oh, I don't know. Um, almost an instant milk type taste. Oh. Horlix, yeah. Bit of boiling water and. Where you go. Put you to sleep. Like we probably do. Or just listen to us. No. Um, now, yeah, Greg, do you know, so uh, Greg McCallum, I was just looking through my Instagram and uh, Luke Goodwin's put on there a happy birthday mm. to none other than the great barber, Terry Lamb. Terry Lamb, uh, 60 today. So Terry, I uh, don't know if you're listening right now. Um, happy birthday, mate. Uh, 60 years of age. What a player. What a player Terry Lamb was, huh? Just uh, just remarkable. And and to this day, you'll you'll note commentators, and if you weren't around uh, watching rugby league uh, in the days of Terry Lamb, you know, particularly, I guess, through the 80s and 90s, the entertainers, the Bulldogs, more often than not, Terry would be backing up through the middle and, and he'd score the try. So these days, you'll often hear commentators when similar tries are scored by someone backing up through the middle of the field. Terry Lamb almost always gets a gets a mention there. So happy birthday to the great Terry Lamb, sixty today. Charge down, Terry Lamb might score here. Terry Lamb will score. Easy for Canterbury. Swept by Hill, given to Lamb, put away the glasses. Four-pointer. Also by Hastings. 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 Hastings.
Good quick passing by the Bulldogs. The Mortimers have played a big part in it. O'Brien's gone over the halfway. He's been chased, but he's been uh, supported. Oh, beautiful football! Steve Mortimer to Terry Lamb. That was, oh, that was the old-fashioned Canterbury. That was the entertainers. They're back again. Gillespie plays the ball. Dunn keeps the roll on. Lamb over the halfway. In and between. Up to the 22. Alexander chases. But Terry Lamb is over. It's Terry Lamb. Happy birthday, Terry Lamb. Oh, my goodness, he was always great to watch there. Um, you know, more often than not, though, you know, Parramatta and Canterbury, way back in the 80s, they had a great rivalry. Uh, really good rivalry. 86 mm. was the last time Parramatta won the grand final against against them. So read the link here. Um, Greg McCallum we heard from earlier and Terry Lamb. I was just flicking through here to see, as you know, I played a handful of, of, of first-grade games, not many at all, right? Literally a handful. I was just wondering if I had played against Terry Lamb. My very first game uh, at home for West's Mag, Western Suburb Magpies at Campbelltown mm-hmm. was against the great Terry Lamb. There you go. Uh, August 15th, 1992. I'm just looking through the West Magpies team that, that I was fortunate enough to play in. Um it was a it. Day, it was an all right team, Chris. Oh yeah, it was a sneaky, was right. so, sneaky quality side. Some of the names in there in the back line. Um, I'll read the team out: Jason yeah. Alchin, Mark Bell, Andrew Farrah, Terry Hill, Darren Willis, the halves: Jim Dimmick and Jason Taylor, uh, Wayne Takeda and David Gillespie. The uh, starting props: Joey Thomas was the first choice hooker, Graham Wynn and Paul Langmack in the second row. Jason Lydon was our lock. So then me on the bench with Scott Hardy and a bloke called Stephen Kearney who would go on to play many, many, many tests for New Zealand Mm. Um, and coach as well. Coached by Warren Ryan. So Good company. Well, and, you know, so the likes of Joey Thomas, David Gillespie, Paul Langmack, they'd all defected across from Canterbury. Mm. Uh, In the Canterbury team, Ewan McGrady, fullback, Andrew Patmore, Jared McCracken in the centres, Terry Lamb and Craig Polamounter were the halves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Brokenshire, Gavin Hill, Bruce Maguire, Simon Gilley, Steve Reardon, Darren Centre. Uh, and coach was uh, Chris Anderson. So a couple of very good coaches, some mm. really good players there as well. But happy 60th birthday uh, today uh, to Terry Lamb, mate. Uh, one, of the, one of the all-time greats to come out of Belmore. And we'll be here uh, for the next uh, hour or so. So if you want to uh, keep those texts coming through, 0457 736 736 uh, is the text line. We, we were talking about some slip-ups earlier earlier on, and uh, I don't know if you heard it today, the uh, newsreader on the ABC on television. Morning, with breakfast uh, Breakfast television. TV, yeah. Uh, Tony Armstrong had a bit of a, a slip-up. Um, re Tim Payne and um, a neck injury, yes. basically. Um and sometimes words don't come out quite the way you intended. No. 
Australian skipper Tim Payne is set to undergo neck surgery, but medical staff remain confident that the veteran will be fit for the Ashes. Payne has a bulging dick that has been disc that has been that's a funny one has been causing him. Pain. <laughs> oh. You're a fan of that. Oh, you shouldn't. Why do we laugh at other people's music? Only because I've done. Only because I just know. Yeah. It, it, um, oh, it's amusing. It happens, doesn't yeah. it? It happens, Absolutely. doesn't it? It happens to the best of them, doesn't it? Here is Hunt bringing it back. <laughs> what did Rab say? Here is Hunt bringing it back. Well, it was Hunt, wasn't it? Yeah, Hunt. What? Here is Hunt bringing it back. Oh, I don't know about that. I'll have a chat to him about that. I think. I don't. <laughs> that was a while ago now. When was that? Carmichael, so it was a State of Origin game. Yeah. When I went back and found it. <laughs> State of Origin game, I would have, reckon it would have been 2008, 2009. Oh, funny. Round uh, yeah, yeah. the turn of the decade. And I say it can happen to the best of them. Well, and it has. The, he is the best, isn't he? Yeah, best right. of the best, perhaps. <laughs> and the fact that I'm his son has got nothing to do with it. Brilliant. Um, yeah, funny, 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 funny. Now, rugby league news. Uh, we just keep getting sidetracked, don't we? Um, we oh, and this other text here sent in something about Henri Leconte, and uh, there was a slip up again on ABC many years ago. The presenter talking about the great Henri Henri Leconte. You think it's the ABC? They're trying to be so straight down the line that yeah. well, it's, occasionally it's just bound to happen to them. And it's funnier when it happens. Oh, to it's them. brilliant. Yeah, funnier when it happens to them. Uh, what else is rugby league news around the day? I think we've pretty much covered it all through the programs uh, throughout the day today. Uh, Sam Verrills, that's the big one, and the reaction to that, that he won't be able to play for the Roosters again mm. unless they make the grand final. What odds Roosters making the grand final? Going to talk to uh, Silky mm. later on. He's staying up late for us as well. Uh, Bush would be well in bed by now. Silky and Bush, so they're the, uh, the Batman and Robin of the Roosters radio. I don't know which is which, actually. Uh, would you prefer to be Batman or Robin? Batman. Less responsibility is Robin. True. Used to be a P word. A bit of a you reckon? Though. Robin. <laughs> In the old cartoons. He wouldn't have pulled the absolutely. girl. He wouldn't have pulled the women. Robin. Do you think? <laughs> you well, they like the sensible ones. Soft. I don't know. That's a very good question. In fact, yeah, but Batman wasn't, but Batman, wasn't much macho about him either. Well, he was quite, he was rather dour. Cave. Tights in a cave. He's dour, he's a Batman. Huh? He's a crossdresser. That's a, an accusation to put out there. Walking around like her in a cape. Doing that for oh, a That's very old style. How about the Christian Bale Actually, Batman? Actually, I had my tights on yesterday. Doing Pilates. <laughs> Doing Pilates. You're telling me. No. Well, no. you can't at the moment, can you? What? I can do whatever can I want to do, do at home in my yeah, private yeah. time. Whatever I... Tickles my fancy. And the dance studio? Down in my garage with my tights on. Fabulous. No mirrors. <laughs> uh, where was it going? Again, you stories so, did I, No, I again, did not sidetrack you that me. time. Uh, so that how did I you. start talking about tights and Batman and Robin from Sam Verrills? Uh, Silky and Bush. Silky and Bush. Bush's radio. Right. We're going to chat to them hopefully uh, a bit later on tonight. That is one Silky. of your better tangents. Silky and Bush. Yes. Ah, right. Yeah, and uh, get their opinion on it. Uh, it's an injustice, right? Mm. I've said my bit. I'm not going to go on about any more. Nothing I can do. But I think there does need to be some action, there are some changes on, on the judiciary front, and and I'm and I'm pretty sure there will be. I reckon, like, 
Vlandis and co will look at this and say that there have been too many incidents this year that have created such a, a poor reaction, negative mm. reaction from the wider fan base that I think, I think they have to have a look at a few things. We just want consistency at the yeah. end of the day. Um, so Verrills won't play. Uh, so they've got to beat Manly on Friday. They have then got to beat the Bunnies and then Verrills can play mm. in the grand final. Who would the Roosters play? Melbourne. Melbourne. You'd think. Or Penrith. Or Parramatta. Do not rule out Parramatta. I'm mm. telling you. I'm telling you. Look, you heard it here first. Parramatta are still in it. Mm. I'm telling you. Pressure's all on Do you on think Penrith. they'll still be in on, on Sunday when we get here? Yep. We get in on Sunday I do. morning. $4.60 they're paying. Oof. Or thereabouts. <clears throat> what was that? A cough? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, I'm tipping an upset. There you go. There you go. You mm. heard it here first at... Um, Four minutes past 11, Sunday, 15th of September. Same day as um, as the great Terry Lamb was born. Exactly 60 years ago today. Mm. You heard that first, right? I'm tipping Parramatta to beat Penrith. Yeah. Uh, the news about today. Um, other news about today. So the ARLC, uh, we know, have kiboshed any thought of uh, Mal Meninga coming in to be the mentor mm. to help uh, Billy Slater. That's not confirmed yet. Billy, is it? Um, no. But it's as good as, I think, isn't it? If he, maybe it's down to coin. And the news coming out sort of this evening uh, surrounding that is that Wayne Bennett has been contacted about a potential advisory role. So, uh, Wayne. Which would make sense given his relationship. He's allowed with Billy, to. With Billy. Yeah. He's, uh, he's allowed to do it because he's got no conflict of interest there I don't really see how there is a conflict of interest. Mal Meninga coaching the Australian Kangaroos and having an involvement with Queensland. What are we suggesting? Oh, there'd be a um, a, a preference for Queenslanders to be named in the Kangaroos? Is that what the thought is? Like that implication wouldn't be there already with Mal? Well, yeah, I don't know. Good, good yeah. point. Good point. Well made. I don't really oh, see yeah, the, yeah. Complica- the, 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 the conflict of interest. That's a bizarre one for me. Yeah, I find it a bit bizarre too. Oh, I get what Vlandis has said, and there were some quotes from him today somewhere. Look, he does he doesn't want to run the risk of uh, of tarnishing in any way the um, the jewel in the crown, the showpiece event that is State of Origin. It doesn't need any negative headlines around it. But geez, that's what it thrives on most years, that's right. doesn't it? it feeds that's, off negative that's headlines. What our Queensland get up every year. Anyway, Mal, no, that won't be happening. But Wayne may be able to, to hold Billy Slater's hand uh, for a year or two, uh, someone who hasn't coached at all, and Billy Slater. I was just looking here, so uh, in this article, uh, where is this come from? Courier Mail. Peter Bedell, I think it yes. is, uh, writing it. Um, so how much do you reckon an origin coach earns? Well, let, let me ask you this first. Let, how much do you reckon an NRL coach earns? Run-of-the-mill sort of uh, rookie-type NRL coach? I don't know, like a... Uh, Josh Hanna? Is that a bit hard because he's been... He's an interim, so we won't include Todd him. Todd Payton? Yeah, so Todd Payton, what do you reckon he would be on? First-time NRL coach. couple right. hundred Yeah, grand. I reckon around the three. Yeah. I reckon around three. three. Yeah. What do you reckon Hook would be on? Griffo down at Dragons. Five or six? Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. No, uh, not a rookie coach. Yeah, I'd probably be thinking four or five. Yeah. 
don't know. Around half mil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, and then your, your gun coaches, Bellamy's on a million well, plus. Bellamy's the best paid coach in the history of the game. Bennett wouldn't accept anything under a mil, thereabouts. No, I think you'd yep. be right in saying that. Trent would be up close around the 750, I would have thought. Yeah. By now? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he would have been when he first came back. Oh, no, no. But I think he's probably mm. earned the right to command that sort yeah. of moolah, dosh, wedge, cash. The language of love. The language the language of love. There she is. There she is. There she is. Oh, gee, I tell you what I could do with some of that right now. I'm in all sorts. <laughs> I am back to the wall. For, let's talk of mixed metaphors. I'm really... Ass hanging out my pants. I really need some of that stuff. Have you got anything, you got anything to lend me? <laughs> no. I've got mouths to feed, kids to rear. Given half, I'm giving half of it away. I don't know. <laughs> huh? I don't really know how to help you, Chris. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just think I deserve a little bit of... Bit of love. Well, yeah. Something. I didn't even know you had that button on there. Oh, just give me something. Is there any love out there for me? Other than, you know, the language of love, you know? Anyway, I mean, it's not about me. Sorry about that. So I just get carried away sometimes <laughs> with these buttons. The so, violin out. Goodness <laughs> yeah, me. The world's smallest violin. See it? That yeah. one. See that? Yeah. yeah. But that one there, that little, and this is radio, so it's not really good medium for this. So I'm rubbing my thumb and my first finger together. Mm. That's the world's smallest violin being played, right? Real, you know, not quite. It's just saying a little bit. You wouldn't get that volume with your fingers, right? You wouldn't get that volume with your fingers. But then you could also do that. Rubbing those fingers together is also the symbol for, that's it, the language of love. You like the way we work those two in together. <laughs> anyway, God, you're talking some... Rubbish tonight. <laughs> you are just I've, jibber. You are full, full of I've jibber beans. I've stayed right out of the way. You have taken, and maybe that's the problem. You have taken the jibber beans in your coffee tonight. Uh, Brad Fittler, what do you reckon he would earn? What sort of what, 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 for, for the coach in the Blues? Just the coaching gig, not the nine gig. No, just well. for coaching. No, you've got to double dip these. Days. You're going to be able to get a Half few a or four for three games. Yeah, but, you know, they do other stuff with the NSWRL throughout he, no, the year. He does a lot and, the year. You know, He's involved in development. And no, he is. Stuff like that. So, yeah, maybe not that much, but I think he'd be at least on the same as the lowest paid NRL coach, if that makes yeah, sense. okay. Well, it is understood, it is understood mm. uh, that Freddie's uh, gets 350 annually for his origin yeah. gig. Are you happy with that? That's enough to do with me. Good luck to Fred Rado. <laughs> Fred Rado, he can earn what he likes. Good fella. I like Freddie. Um, just wish I saw some of him time to time. You know? Went into the wrong game, Chris. Well, we, you know, we're same junior club. He's obviously fed off fed off some of my coaching tactics. Is that, is that right? The, absolutely. He's standing behind the goalpost, patting, you know, eavesdropping on my pre-match talks all the time. <laughs> Under 12s. Mm-hmm. And taking some of my stuff off to the bigger arena that's origin. And he's earning three fifty and I'm doing it for the love of the bloody game. Mm. Anyway, uh Paul Green was on about two hundred. Two hundred. Not bad. I wonder what um, coach. Yeah, but here yeah, there's no way back okay, if Paul Green comes back, where's he gonna go? Where's he gonna go? 
Well, West Tigers are going to be without a coach very you soon. Think so so what's happening there? I that was another. Has there been more news around that today? So the review is reportedly complete, according to Lee Hadjipentelis, who was on Vossi this morning. But um, they're yet to, how did he put it, digest the results. Um, and he was what do you mean they, unwilling they, what, what to what be clear on Madge's. Yet to well, digest. I don't know, Chris. I'm repeating what I heard this so morning. So they've, they've had this internal review. Mm. They've all looked at it, but what, what they're still digesting it. Yeah. There's a board meeting tomorrow, I believe, was the story. And the West Tigers may or may, they may or may not be breaking news for the West Tigers for us to cover tomorrow. Well, how long is it going to go on for? Did well, they they've got a, the meeting tomorrow. And they're going to make a decision? I believe so. I don't suppose they're going to sit around a table for an hour and a bit and mm. just yabber like we do. There's got to be an investigation into this. I don't know what's going on. All right, so we'll wait and see. Okay, do you think Michael Maguire should continue in the role? Don't sit on the fence. Do you think he should or not? No. I, I don't think I'd want to if I was him. To be honest, that club is a a train wreck. Yeah. And his stock's not going any higher no. by and, staying And you know there. what? And look, I know a lot of people are defending him. Like, even our I, colleague here, Joel Kane, is, is, is quite close, I think, mm. with Madge. Um, I, I don't even know Madge. I, I, I've spoken to him a couple of times. Mm. But regardless of how, if he's a very – he's obviously a great coach. Obviously a great coach. He's won a premiership. Mm. Okay, you cannot be a dud coach and win a premiership, yep. right? Madge, I'm sure, hasn't changed his ways. Mm. But for whatever reason it is, his formula is not working where he is at West Tigers. I'm not saying um, that he wouldn't get another gig elsewhere. I'm sure he would. But I'm like you. I, I think it's probably time for a shake-up. Mm. Be- because how long do you need? Um, and it comes a time where your voice... They just stop listening or, or whatever. They, they, it appears to me they're not playing for him. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He's probably a very good coach. But it's not working out mm-hmm. right now at West Tigers. Well, the Sydney Roosters, they just keep on keeping on, don't they? Um, it would take me too long, actually, to go through the number of players that they have out. In fact, they've probably got about a 13-man roster that isn't playing. But still, they are forging on and still alive in the 2021 NRL Premiership. They take on Manly on Friday in Mackay for the right to play South Sydney. And then, maybe, a highly unlikely, one would have thought, grand final appearance. But anything seems possible with this Roosters uh, team this year. And regardless of the outcome, I think it can be seen as a success, win, lose or draw against Manly on Friday. The man joining us on the line now might have a different opinion on that because I'm sure that he thinks uh, his team can march on um, further and play South Sydney in the prelim. I'm talking to Silky. He's uh, one half of, I think, Silky and Bush of Roosters Radio. Thanks for joining us, mate, on Higher Ground. How are you doing? G'day, Chris. Very good, mate. Thanks for having us back on. Mate, always a pleasure. Uh, where's Bushki tonight? What he, what's he up to? Well, Bush would probably be just tucking into his second dessert, mate, about, round about now. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, probably a creme brulee or something like yeah, that. Yeah, nice, nice. Now, <laughs> Sam Verrills, um, this story has dominated the headlines today and yesterday. Um, can the Roosters have any more rotten luck this season? Look, very disappointed with the ruling, uh, particularly 
with Junior Paulo getting off. I, I, I mean, I try to take the, the red, white and blue glasses off, mate. So mm. I'm probably the wrong one to, to be looking at it. At, at the time, I thought maybe maybe get a week, but I thought possibly getting a downgrade was an opportunity or a chance at least, but not to be. But I, I think the bigger question is just the consistency, don't you think? Or lack thereof, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, there have been so many instances this year, um, and quite a few of them actually, Silky, have involved Roosters players actually, but where there has been inconsistency um, with with how things are graded uh, and with what the sanctions are that have, that have been handed out. A lot of people, mate, uh, and you can uh, you know, have your red, white and blue on now because you are talking <laughs> to us as a as a Roosters fan, so um, no need to yeah. be um, terribly impartial about this. But when you do compare the incident to Junior Paulo's, I mean, if anything, I thought Paulo's looked a bit worse. But anyway... Um, uh, I agree, and, and I did note your uh, your colleague Vossi blew up today, Deluxe Two, uh, in relation to the yeah. to how it's all going uh, up there in our headquarters and the bunker and everything else. But uh, look, who who knows what's going to happen at the end of the year? Hopefully, they have a look at it and mm. tidy it a bit up. But I think the thing frustrating from a fan's point of view too is when the you know Mr. Annesley comes out each week and kind of backs his referees when they when they've clearly made errors in judgment. But look, I mean, it's fish and chip paper now, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, it is for sure. Um, okay, how do you... I mean, you've got to move on. You've got to get rid of it, dust it off and, and, and keep carrying on. How do they adjust the team? Would Do you think Lamb will go to Hooker or um, I, Marshke? Yeah, I think they'll start with Marshke, just for that uh, bit, bit, keep it a bit tighter in the, in the around the middle. Uh, Marshke is a hooker, so, uh, you know, and he's quite a good defender. He's a bigger body as well. Um, so I'd say they start with him. Uh, and I'll be interested to see whether Robbo does start with Sam Walker or sticks with uh, Young Lamb at, at half. I think that'll be interesting. Mm. Well, that was my next my next question, Silky. Um, does Verrill's being out maybe leave the door open for Sam Walker to play more sig- significant uh, minutes rather this weekend? Do you, do you think that was probably always the plan anyway? What did he get against the Titans? Uh, only about 10 minutes, I, I would have thought, and, and saved the day. Yeah, look... I actually think he will, Chris. I think Robbo's just been giving him a rest. Mm. Uh, we, we saw, like last weekend, he, he's ready for the big moments at, at a young age. So, mate, just throw him in there. Throw him in the deep end. He's playing against one of the best number sevens in, in the comp in, in Daly Cherry Evans. So, you know, I think he'll be up for the occasion. So, who knows what Coach Robinson will do. He's always good for throwing a kind of curveball at us. But um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. Mm. I'm talking to Silky from uh, Roosters Radio, by the way, if you are just tuning in. And uh, welcome to uh, Higher Ground. The Chooks take on the Seagulls on Friday. The winner of that match goes on to play South Sydney. The loser bows out for the season. Silky, win or lose on on Friday. Um, Surely this season has to be viewed as a a successful one, purely because of the hardship along the way. Oh, without a doubt. Um... We spoke with James Tedesco about that on the podcast this week, and we've spoken to, you know, Nick Politis a couple of weeks ago, and, and Coach Robinson a couple of weeks prior to that. And I think everyone's in agreement. Even if you're not a Roosters fan, you, you've got to kind of tip your hat to the way that they've been able to stay in the competition. You know, we're playing semi-finals football, albeit with a depleted side. And uh, like the fact that we're still there is a is a credit to the club, and, and in particular to the coach. Mm. All right, how do you beat Manly? Uh, what are the plans? What do you need to do? You take a bit of a leaf out of really Melbourne Storm's easy. book. I think they will, but mate, 
I think we've got to worry about ourselves. Our completion rates have been terrible mm. uh, all year. We completed at 63% against the Titans, and we know how that ended up. We, we were lucky to get the cash there. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if uh, you know they don't try and replicate a little bit of what Melbourne did. I did note in that game just the way that Melbourne were quite... Um, you know, they were attacking in their defence, if that makes sense. They were just racing up into the line, getting in their faces early, kind of unsettling the Manly pack and, and, and their outside back. So uh, hopefully we can do the same thing there on Friday night. But really, uh, from a Roosters' point of view, we have to hold the football. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no Takayaho. That's a that's another really big blow, big isn't miss. it, with that calf? Yeah. He's been good, hasn't he? Yeah. He has, mate. We're, look, we've got... I mean, I think last time we spoke, we talked about this, but we're blooding some some great young talent, mm. and I mean, it just brings an opportunity for another one of these young blokes to, to you know have a taste of semi final football, albeit a year or two early. But you know, we, we've we've met these young players like Egan Butcher and Nafahu White, and uh, mm. you know, there's another young kid that's had a few starts this year as well. Ben Thomas is another one. I mean, we've I think we've blooded nine nine new players this year. So uh, look. You know, when one when one falls over, there's another one ready to put his hand up and take his place. Mm. Uh, yeah, Ben Thomas. That's an interesting story. That I, I I was pretty sure it was, but no, I'm he's he's the nephew of one of my best mates, uh, Tomo, who I went to uh, Paramount Amaris Brothers with, and um, his uh, his dad Badger. He was with Paramount Amaris Brothers for many many years, and. Uh, moved up to the Central Coast. Really nice family, the Thomas family. So uh, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. Now, what else was I going to ask you? So Taukiaho out, that, that's obviously a, a blow. You, um, Victor Radley, though, made his comeback last week, wasn't it? Uh, and yeah. ha- hardly missed a beat, but he'll be much improved, I think, for the run because he was out for a few weeks. Mate, you saw what he does in attack, the way that he can just make those big hits, and it just... You know, it, it just lifts the team. Mm. We got Hargraves back as well, um, which is going to help us up front. Obviously, uh, he had a couple of weeks off with that, probably with that knee injury. But I mean, Victor's Victor plays like a five eight. Like he plays like a he, he in a lot pace, uh, and it gives us options. I think you in a little bit of just in the past couple of weeks, he's no slouch either. I've loved watching him play. He does a lot of stuff off the ball directing traffic and, and putting people in position. So, mate, we're, we're up for this match. Don't worry about that. I mean, I mean, if I was, I was a betting man, I probably wouldn't be back in the Roosters. But I, I definitely think we're, we're, we're definitely in it. And, uh, you know, at semi-final football, anything can happen. Oh, absolutely. I think it'll be a great contest. I really do. I think it'll be a real ding-dong battle between, uh, between you two. And, you know, I know you flogged them earlier in the year, but that team, Manly, you can't oh, really yeah, compare different. them to now. But I think we're all looking forward to, uh, to seeing uh, Teddy up against Turbo. That would uh, sell tickets alone. Now, oh, yeah, you, uh, you had a good chat, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, with your chairman, Nick Politis, and that was on Roosters Radio. And some of that chat actually made quite a few headlines and a bit of fallout from it. I haven't listened to that interview, but I might just play a little bit of it now. And this was uh, Nick uh, talking, I believe, about uh, rule changes. You know, you can't keep watching your team losing by 30, 40, 50, 60 points week after week. That's the thing I'm, I'm always uh, arguing with the NRL in that we need to go back to the game we had and we had for 100 odd years. Right now, we can all predict next year's outcome. You know, the same three or four or five clubs will be at the top. There won't be a change. 
because, you know, most of the clubs just haven't got those attacking players. There's not enough of those players to, to go around and have all 16 clubs competitive with the new rules. Well, there is uh, Roosters chairman Nick Politis talking to uh, you boys um, on uh, Roosters Radio. And, you know, he makes, he makes a fair point. Like the blowout scores, we, we've never seen anything quite like it. And I think we all know, don't we, that it, it is a result of the, the host or the suite of new rules brought into the game. I think it was um, too many too soon. What are your thoughts, Silky, on the rules? Look... I think I think Nick brings up some some very valid points. So if I'm a Tigers fan, you know, look, look, use them as the example. I, he's absolutely right. Um, I mean, I think you've had a couple of years on, on me, Chris, but we grew up in the era of six four, you know, probably seven sixes and so on and so forth. So mm. I think he's absolutely right that the 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 defensive battles have gone out of the game. In fact, the last one I remember, I think it was 2013. I think Roosters had a six four against Manly, believe it or not. But yeah. Those tight games where def- and where defenders paramount, they're great games. You know, you remember those ones. The rule changes. I agree with what you just said there. We have brought in too many too quickly. Um, you know, and there was talk even in the last round there was going to be a new rule change. So that uh, mm. Nick went on to say, "Putting down one hundred and odd years, how many rule changes have they had?" You're just so, dropping um, out a bit there, Silky. I don't know if you've just fallen down a, a sorry, well. No, I've removed it. You, you no, haven't moved. Nick, in an interview, he was caught the and he said, uh, uh, you know, if the NRL ruled soccer. You know, soccer's been going for a few hundred years and they've had probably a half a dozen rule changes. I, I think he mm. raised a valid point. It seems every season, um, going back to the rule book and making, and making you know, subtle changes and, and differences and so on and so forth. So uh, I kind of agree with Nick in that in what he said there. Mm. Uh, really low score lines. I was at the SCG one uh, one grand final day, nineteen eighty six four two, four two was that there score line, wasn't it? Yeah, Parramatta and uh, and you still remember it, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, I I remember further back than that. Actually, when I was just before leaving to come into the studio tonight, there was and it's actually it's playing right now. And Mick Cronin's just having a shot there. Uh, Dragons and Eels, 1977. I would have been seven years of age. I was a mad Parramatta fan. My brother, mad Dragons fan. And we were sitting at the uh, the Paddington end of the SCG, banging the fence as you do. And uh, <laughs> nine all. Nine all was the score. And they had to come back and have the replay. I think it was on the Tuesday replay, night. Yeah. I don't think I was allowed to go, obviously, because of school and... And all that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I probably am a bit older, a bit older than you. Right, mate, you, um, you had a good chat with James Tedesco, I believe, and that was released today. Um, anything spicy you can give us and, 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 tempt, and tempt and tease our listeners to go and li- have a listen to it? Look, we don't speak to Teddy very much. Like, we've only had him on uh, the one time this year, which, you know, coincidentally was today. I think what I took away from the talk Talked about leadership, talked about what it's like captaining the team. Obviously, he's been getting some good advice from Boyd Cordner, of course, who's part of the, the team up in the bubble. But I think the, the big takeaway for me is he talked about preparation and his mental health, which we never talk much about in rugby league. He uh, you know, highlighted he, he struggled mentally, uh, probably when he was coming back from injuries and stuff like that. He mm. seeks counsel and, and you know speaks freely about it now and some of the breathing techniques that he goes through. So something a little bit alternative, I'd, I'd say, for, for his form, but something that we'll learn about James Tedesco anyway. So mm. something we'll learn about Teddy, probably getting into that.
All right, Silky, we'll leave it there, mate. It, it is a really poor line now. It's sort of dropping out. But um, I'll just tease that again. You can find that uh, that chat at Roosters Radio with James Tedesco talking about mental health and a whole lot of other things. Um, I guess you can find that wherever you find uh, your very best podcast. Good luck, mate. I hope... Uh, I hope for Roosters' sake you can you can at least come away with your heads held high. Whether that's a win, lose, or draw on Friday, who knows? But thanks for joining us, mate, and uh, say good day to Bush. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Bye. There he is. Good fella. Uh, Silky, one, uh, one half, I believe, of Roosters Radio. And um, he's, uh, he's a friend of the show, friend of the program, and we'll uh, hopefully chat again to him in the weeks to come. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Well, that's about it for me. Uh, if you're sticking around, live audience, etc., uh, don't forget to uh, turn off the lights uh, here in the Late Night League Lounge. i tell you what we'll do, because you've been so well behaved up there this evening, uh, we'll do it again tomorrow, shall we? Thursday for our special finals edition of uh, Higher Ground. We'll, uh, we'll do it from 8 until 11 tomorrow. So look forward to doing that. Again, those two sudden death games this weekend, Manly v. the Roosters and then Penrith against Parramatta. Until tomorrow, take care, keep smiling. Bye for now.